Lone Star Gun Talk is a Lone Star Gun Rights production. Original music and hosted by Derek Wills. Copyright Lone Star Gun Rights 2019. Lone Star Gunners, welcome to the podcast. This is Lone Star Gun Talk, the official podcast of Lone Star Gun Rights, and I am your humble host as always, Derek Wills. Thank you so much for being here. Um, We have a lot to get to today. So last episode, we were talking about Red Flag. Uh, We were talking about perpetual gun buybacks. We talked about Andrew Yang and all sorts of things, and one of the comments um, was something that I was not aware of at the time, was, uh, I believe it came from Paul, who's watching right now, I see, hi Paul, Jimmy, how are you? Go ahead and chime in the comments if you uh, if you have not already, let me know where you're watching from, and uh, be sure to ask questions along the way. Uh, but Paul had commented that now they're going after body armor. So I wanted to explore that. I was not aware of it at the time because it had happened the same day. And so I was wrapped up in prepping for everything else. Um, And, well, I started looking into it a bit more. Apparently, the wonderful Democratic Senator Chuck Schumer has decided that, you know what? Not only should law-abiding citizens be allowed to carry a gun because that's just bad. They should also be forced to take any round that is fired at them in the chest because body armor is only for police and military. And no civilian has any use for body armor because why would anybody want body armor? Why... Would any rational, law-abiding citizen need body armor? I mean, you're not going to need body armor unless you're planning on getting shot at, right? So if if you're not planning on getting shot at, then you have nothing to worry about. You shouldn't get body armor. Unless, and here's the big unless, you can prove to the FBI that you need body armor. That's right, folks. Chuck Schumer has thought it a wonderful idea that everyday citizens should have to plead to the Federal Bureau of Investigation before they can obtain some body armor. So I want to go into this. This is um, this is from The Hill. And this uh, this was Senate Minority from, Leader Chuck Schumer. Oh my said goodness! Sunday why? Stop! Oh, sorry about that, guys. Um, so it basically says that Chuck Schumer has said that he wants to make it, it wants the FBI to establish standards for who is allowed to buy body armor, such as bullet-resistant vests, after a series of mass shootings in which gunmen wore body armor. Where if we get rid of the body armor, then people won't feel so damn confident about shooting a place up. Uh, okay, uh, that doesn't make sense, because if, if you're going to use that logic, then you should just eliminate gun-free zones. 
but well that would require people carrying but i digress we're not going to get into that little wormhole uh so basically he says here uh he tweeted out in addition to the house passed background checks bill we're going to get into that a little bit later it is time to require anyone seeking sophisticated body armor to get a sign off from the FBI. Now, this bill has not yet been filed because right now I believe Congress is in recess until September. So this bill is not, um, it, it has not, has not yet been filed. And then it says, in the meantime, however, Schumer said that he would push for Senate, minor, uh, Senate Majority Leader uh, Cocaine Mitch to allow a Haspoust universal background checks measure to get full Senate vote, calling it the most important and immediate thing we can do. Uh, so, uh, I, I have zero confidence in, in Senate Republicans. So let's, I, I was going through and I happened upon something from AR 500s Facebook and I thought it was brilliant and I need to share it with you. So this is from AR 500. It is simply called, uh, stop Chuck or stop Schumer, something like that. Uh, let me check real quick here in the comments, see what everybody... Uh, <laughs> Rick says Schumer is a communist. Well, he wasn't like tw 10 years ago when it was politically convenient. Um, oh, we got Matter of Facts podcast coming in. Hey, guys, I, real quick, I need to... Uh, quick tangent here. Uh, before I get back into what AR500 said. This past week, I was on the Matter of Facts podcast that's hosted by Phil Rabelais and Andrew Bobo. Um, I've had Phil Rabelais on our show. He's the author of American Insurgent, which right now is on sale. The, the digital version is on sale on Amazon for 99 cents until Tuesday. So if you're listening to this before then, be sure to get on that. Uh, but Phil hosts his own uh, podcast called Matter of Facts, and it is wonderful. We talked for, over, for an hour and a half about the Second Amendment. It was an epic show. I highly recommend that you go check out Matter of Facts. If not for any other reason than just to hear my voice, because that's why you're here, right? You love my voice. Uh, okay, I'm going to dial that back. I'm going to dial that back. I was just joking. Um, but, yeah, seriously, check out Matter of Facts podcast. Uh, the latest episode was uh, I, I had the privilege of being on, and it was a wonderful time. Uh, we, talked, we talked about a lot more than just the Second Amendment, from trying to uh, convince communists to understand the rights to life and liberty uh, to a bunch of other things. So, so check that out. Be sure to do. Okay, let's get back to this. This is uh, AR-500. AR-500 says, Schumer proposes bill to regulate body armor. This is the kind of nonsense we have ex come, grown to expect from oath breakers like Senator Chuck Schumer, Democrat, New York. Chucky Schumer has decided that the people must be saved from the right to buy body armor. We do not have the full details of this bill. We do, not, we do know that it's intended to regulate, constrict, and control the rights of a free person to buy and sell body armor in an effort to make it more difficult and more expensive to buy, sell, and own armor, like armored backpacks, which they link to. We know the bill is scheduled to be proposed in September. Um, then it goes into his oath, and then it says... Did Chuck Schumer read the Constitution before publicly taking his oath before God? Now, I know that this was asked as a rhetorical question. And chances are that Chuck Schumer has, in fact, read the Constitution. It's whether or not he cares. Just throwing that out there. Uh, he says, does he not know that 
arms includes both weapons for offense and armor for defense? Ooh, that's a good question. That is a very good question. Um, this is narrow-minded political proposal designed to create a false sense of security born from the actions of a few idiots bearing consequences that will affect the freedom of many to own a life-saving tool. Tyrants always use criminals as an excuse to take away freedoms. And that is in bold, if you are not watching the live stream, that is in bold because it's true. Uh, I just, I, I found that uh, this whole write-up was so just on point. I, I had to share at least part of it with you. I'll link it in the, in the show notes below. So if you are just listening to the audio only and you haven't been able to see it on screen, you can read it. Uh, in its entirety it is absolutely fantastic i highly recommend it it is it is it is as on fire as i was last week i'm gonna again i'm gonna toot my own horn i was proud of last week's show just just throw it out there um so i want to i want to get into this whole body armor thing and there is one thing that i think a lot of people have a misunderstanding about and that is well, they, they think body armor and it's kind of a one-size-fits-all thing. But it's not. There are levels of body armor. And as I was going through the currently filed bills in Congress, I happened upon this bill that I had no idea existed called the Plea Act, H.R. 2670. Now, this bill was filed by uh, Congressman Elliot Engel of New York's 16th District. He is a Democrat. And if you go to the text of it, which I am pulling up at some point, should have been should have been ready. Uh, this is the Plea Act, the Protect Law Enforcement Armor Act. And then it goes into this whole thing about Congress's findings and purpose. And basically they're saying that... Because people are using a 5.7, an FN 5.7. If you're not familiar with an FN 5.7, FN is a Belgian firearms company. and They make uh, the M240 and a couple other weapon systems, including the 5.7 pistol. The 5.7 pistol is a pistol that shoots a rifle round. It is a 5.7 by 28 millimeter, hence why they call it the 5.7. Uh, the 5.7 by 28 is also the same round that the P90 uh, fires. It's a very small round, but it is a very it's a it's popular to an extent. I mean, it's it's expensive, but it's it's a it's a good round. I I really like the 5.7 by 28. Uh, but anyway, they're going through this, and they basically say that sometimes criminals will use the 5.7 pistol to shoot at law enforcement. And they say that it is capable, right here, the 5.7 pistol is capable of penetrating level 2A armor. The manufacturer advertises that ammunition fired from the 5.7 will perforate 48 layers of Kevlar up to 200 meters, and that ammunition travels at 2,100 feet per second. Okay, anybody reading this, well, most people, won't know what level 2A armor is. But uh, I'll get back to that. The section three, essentially, right next to the the uh, what is it the 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 machine gun ban that prevents you from owning a machine gun, a fully automatic select fire weapon. 
page 4, line 23, right here. Section 922.0 of, of title is amended, and it basically adds, or armor-piercing handgun after the word machine gun. So it prevents anybody from owning an FN5.7. Uh, FN and uh, now there is a grandfather clause. So if you already legally own it, you're good. You just can never transfer it to anybody ever. Uh, but that's what this bill does. Now, I don't think that this bill is going to get any traction um, just because of the fact that it is, uh, it, it, well, it hasn't gone anywhere. It's, it's been filed since May and hasn't done anything. But I just find it odd that they're going to go after a pistol that fires a rifle round and ban it the same way that they ban select fire weapons. Um, so it's said in there very specifically that it is capable of penetrating level 2A body armor. Well, for not, those not playing at home that aren't familiar with the uh, National Institute of Justice body armor ratings, level 2A is the base model body armor. This is from the, the uh, Justice Techno Technology Information Center. This is what the National Institute of Justice mandates that each level of body armor protect against. Level 2A is the bottom bear of the barrel. Tested to stop 9mm and 40 Smith & Wesson ammo fired from short-barreled handguns. It doesn't even protect against a, a magnum round. So, um, you need at least level 2 before you can stop 357 magnum. So, if they're gonna say that, well, um, uh, uh, FN57, the 5.7 by, by by 28 round, it, it can penetrate level 2A body armor. So, and since cops wear that, we need to make sure that we get that out of civilian hands. Well, I guess next will be the 357. What about the 44 or the 45? Ooh, what are we, what are we getting into? In fact, it takes up to level 3A before you get to the, the 357 SIG and the 44 Magnum. So, and level 3A still doesn't protect against rifle ammo. You need level 3. It kind of goes in a way that most people don't expect. They would think that A would be like one step up, so it should be level 2 and then level 2A, and then level 3 and level 3A. It's not. It's level 2A is the bottom, then level 2. Level 3A is next, and then level 3. You need level 3 body armor before you can start stopping rifle rounds. And level 3 is tested to stop a 7.62 by 51 full metal jacket lead core rifle ammunition. It will stop uh, your 5.56 M193 ball ammo, but it might have an issue if you're beyond 100 meters uh, it, stopping your M855, which is, has the steel quote penetrator in it. Uh, so level 4 armor is the most, is the biggest uh the the top rated body armor rating that they have it'll stop at 30 6 it will now these other body armor levels this is something that needs to be addressed as well level 2a through level 3 are designed to withstand five rounds of each of each of what they're designed to protect against so uh nine millimeter is going to take five rounds of that uh the 40 smith and wesson for level 2a is going to take five rounds of that Level 4 is the only one that is required to only stop one round from a 30 caliber rifle. Uh, so 
it will stop at 30-06, but only once. Of course, if you're getting shot at in a way where you're going to be taking multiple 30-cal rounds, uh, you probably have a lot bigger problems. Uh, but as long as you, you get out of there before you get hit twice, by the way, it's going to hurt real bad. All right, let me, talk, let me check in on the comments here. All right, so... Uh, I thought cops wore 3A because it's the only soft armor worth wearing. Z you know what? You are absolutely right. Cops, I believe, do wear level 3A because it stops all handgun ammo. It's the only one that stops uh, all handgun ammo. And you, I recommend for anybody that is prepper-minded or somebody that, you know, I might want it in case X, Y, or Z scenario... I recommend that no low, low, no lower than level three. Uh, Zachary also points out 30-06 AP at 15 feet uh, is key with level four. Three won't do AP. You're right. Level three uh, will not do, uh, will not stop armor-piercing rounds. But armor-piercing rounds are also expensive. So unless, and I know that when I was in the Navy. We had two types of ammunition for our M4s. We had the M193, which we used for range, which is typical full metal jacket ball ammo. And we used M855, which are the green tips, which we carried on watch or for security, roving security, what have you. Uh, those are the ones that have the, quote, steel penetrator. They're not armor piercing. They have a, they have a little piece of steel in them to help them get through just a little bit. It's a penetrator, but it's not armor-piercing. Armor-piercing will typically have like a, a, like a steel rod in it. Um, this just has like a steel cap underneath the full metal jacket, underneath the copper full metal jacket, and above the tip of the lead core. That's it. Okay, so anybody that tries to tell you that green tips are armor-piercing, they don't know what they're talking about. Just letting you know. So most... I would be willing to bet that most government agencies, if they're coming at you, would likely use M855, which, to be honest, is kind of useless uh, within 100 meters. You really need to be beyond that before it can build, it can, uh, it can actually do its penetrating job, quote unquote. Uh, but that's a uh, that's a whole nother discussion for a whole nother time. So, the logic behind this bill is that. They want to uh, they they want to ban the five seven pistol, uh, yeah, because of the fact that it carries, um, because of the fact that it it can penetrate level two A body armor, which I'm not I'm not going to knock anybody because sometimes uh, people want to be prepared and that's all they can afford so i'm not going to knock anybody for carrying for having level 2a body armor it's it will protect you from some from uh 9 and 40 but i would recommend if you can swing it get at least a level 3 now one thing I, i'm going to do a free plug here for ar500 because of the fact uh that i i found i find this interesting uh let me go back here um under their body armor, they make what is called a level 3 plus, and they also make a level 3 plus lightweight. This is not a NIJ standard, and they have a great little flow chart here if you're following along on the screen, of what the level 3, what each level actually protects against. 
And you can see that the level 3 plus will actually stop the M855s, the green tip rounds. So if you have, if you want a level 3 plus, they make it. It's a bit expensive, but I mean, you're looking at it. And what I love about these lightweight plates, they're six and a half pounds. That's like half the weight. And they're rated for, to stop M855. I think this is going to be my next buy. I'm just throwing that out there. Um, so uh, anybody, I, I know this is a free plug for, for AR500, but I would at least go on their website simply because it's educational. So anyway, I'm going to digress from that. The next bill that I want to talk about is, uh, where is it? The Bipartisan Background Checks Act. This is the Background Checks Act that passed the House that Chuck Schumer was talking about. Pardon me. And it did pass the House. It passed the House back in March, actually. Uh, no, I'm sorry. It passed the House on February 27th with a vote of 240 to 190. Now, there were eight Republicans who voted with this bill to pass it. One of whom was from Texas. I'm going to read the names off of here, uh, but if you want to actually see it for yourself, I will put the roll call vote in uh, the link in the show notes so you can follow along. Uh, but there were five Republican co-sponsors. They co-sponsored it the day it was filed and introduced into the House on January 8th. They are Brian Fitzpatrick of Pennsylvania's 8th, Brian Mast of Florida's 18th, Peter King of New York's 2nd, Chris Smith of New Jersey's 4th, and Fred Upton of Michigan's 6th. These are five Republicans that voted for the bill whenever it passed and were listed as co-sponsors, and all of them co-sponsored it on January 8th when it was first introduced into the House. The other three Republicans that voted for this are Vern Buchanan of Florida's 16th, uh, Mario Diaz-Ballart of Florida's 25th, and Will Hurd of Texas's 23rd. So something to keep in mind, I believe the 23rd district is out of San Antonio. So if you're a Texan, uh, or if, if you are a Floridian, a Pennsylvanian, or a New Yorker, or a New Jerseyer, or Michigander who lives in these districts, you might want to keep this in mind the next time you go to the polls. Because these people voted for an awful bill. And I want to go through uh, a couple of things on it. Um, so let me transition back here. Text and PDF. We're going to page 2, line 17. Line 17 says, Upon taking possession of a firearm under subparagraph A... A license shall comply. Uh, a licensee shall comply with all requirements in this chapter if the licensee were transferring the firearm from the inventory of the licensee to the unlicensed transferee. What this makes you have to do is, in order for you to sell any firearm, you must first transfer it to an FFL, who will then perform a NICS check. And once they pass the next check, they will transfer it back to, or transfer it to the person who's buying it. This is pretty awful. 
so I guess this would be the quote gun show loophole that they're talking about. Private sales don't require a NYX check. But this this it would require anybody that's buying making a private purchase, they would have to go to a gun shop, transfer it to the gun shop owner. The gun shop owner would have to perform the check and then transfer it to them. Um, and then page three, lines five. Oh, paragraph one shall not apply to a law enforcement agency or other law enforcement officer, pri armed private security professional, or member of the armed forces to the extent the officer, professional, or member is acting within the course and scope of employment and official duties. So, you know, uh, it's good enough for uh, thee, but not for me, so to speak. Uh, or, I'm sorry, I had that backwards. Good enough for me, but not for thee. So, law enforcement is exempt from this. And line 12. A transfer that is a loan or bona fide gift between spouses, domestic partners, parents, and their children, including step-parents and their stepchildren, between siblings, between aunts, uncles, nieces, and nephews, and grandparents and grandchildren, is fine. As long as you have no reason to believe that they are going to, uh, that they are prohibited from, or prohibited from, tra from the transfer or that they're planning on doing something. So, you know, one of those little, little thingamadoohickeys, we're just going <laughs> to, uh, so Charles says, World Herd apparently is not running again. Is that a fact? Is he actually not running again? Or is that a comment that you're just saying that, uh, he shouldn't run again because he's a, he's an imbecile. I'm not sure. Um, nope. Uh, JD says, Will Hurt has been getting hammered. That's why he's not running. Again. Okay. So I guess Will Hurt is not running again. That's good news. Uh, because we don't need any butters in Congress. We got enough butters in Congress. Uh, pretty much all of them are butters in Congress. So, yeah. So, there are a couple other bills that I came across. I'm just going to kind of speed through them really quickly. Um, these were all filed by uh, Congresswoman. Anybody that's in Houston and you listen to Michael Berry, I'm going to try and do this. But I'm gonna I'm gonna be real bad at it. From Congresswoman of the 18th Congressional District, Representative Sheila Jackson Lee filed these bills. This is a slew of bills. Uh, I told you I'm not I'm not very good at, at doing what Michael Berry does. Uh, okay, Sheila Jackson Lee, who wants so badly, wants so badly to uh, to to fulfill her predecessor's shoes. <laughs> Uh, and I forget her name. It actually escapes me. Oh, um, I'm sorry. Sheila Jackson Lee of 18th Congressional District, right in the heart of Houston, filed these slew of bills. And uh, they are, I don't think they're going to go anywhere. I hope they don't go anywhere. It would be bad if they did go anywhere. This first bill is known as the Kimberly Vaughn Firearm Storage Act. And this is H.R. 4080. Uh... Oh, page two, line seventeen. I guess I, uh, I guess I screwed up my notes here. Page two, line seventeen. So you have to put your firearm secured, unloaded, and separate. The separate keep the firearms and ammunition. You have to keep your your ammo in a separate safe that is certified by the attorney general. Uh, and page three, line five through twelve. It just so happens that those kind of lined up. Um, beginning with this effective... Oh, that's page four. Five. 
Whoever in a criminal action is found to have violated this section with respect to the firearm and is found that the it uh, resulted in a discharge, not in it didn't injure anybody, but somebody who didn't keep their firearm and ammunition secured in a, in accordance with this section, and somebody got a hold of it and discharged it, but didn't hurt anybody, shall be fined not less than fifty thousand dollars and not more than a hundred thousand dollars, and not be in prison more than twenty years. So, if you now, I'm not saying that people should be irresponsible. If you got kids at home, it, it, if you're a parent, you should keep your firearms locked up. Okay, you should. But under this bill, should it become law? If your kid gets a hold of your weapon and shoots it, doesn't hurt anybody, but shoots it, you are gonna be fined fifty thousand dollars. And you face up to 20 years in prison. Nobody got hurt. It, it certainly was an eye-opener. But holy crap. $50,000. That, that, that's ridiculous. Um, oh, Alright, the other bill that I want to kind of go into is 4081. Which is... I, and I'm not even going to be able to say this right because I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, this is the Sabika Shia Firearm Legis Licensing and Registration Act. This one is actually a little scary. Basically, um, the, uh, the owner of a firearm shall transmit to the Bureau of uh, the ATF Make, model, and serial number of the firearm, the, uh, the identity of the owner, date of firearm was acquired, and where the firearm is or will be stored. Notice, specifying the identity, blah, blah, blah. This is a bill that ultimately says you have to register your firearm with the ATF. All of them. Because that, that's going to end well. Uh, and then this other bill, also sponsored or written by Sheila Jackson Lee, is 4082, which I don't have any notes on. must be not just kind of touching on. Uh, 4082 is the Santa Fe High School Shooting Act. And it says it shall be unlawful to knowingly sell a firearm or ammunition uh, except to a licensed dealer. So basically what this bill does is it makes it to where you can't sell ammo unless you're an FFL. You can't, uh, yeah, you, you, you have to have an FFL in order to sell ammunition and, uh, I guess purchase, purchase a firearm and ammunition except from a licensed dealer. Yeah. So that's going to have, have some effect because reasons. Um, okay, so the last thing that I want to cover up today is S66, and this is the big one that will probably be getting some momentum sometime soon. Let's see here. Yep, it is all crazy, crazy Felipe, absolutely. This is the assault weapons ban of 2019. Senate Bill 66, S66, for those playing at home. And it's more than just AR and AK platforms. I was reading through this, and there were, there were things that stuck out to me. 
Notice it says assault weapons ban. And we had an assault weapons ban in 93 that Clinton signed. Um, and that banned AR and AK platforms and, and some other things. Uh, but there are some things that I need to, to point out. Line 2, or page 2, line 24. It says, and this is actually going to be a, a somewhat longer. So it says a semi-automatic rifle. Oh, by the way, the term semi-automatic assault weapon means any of the following, regardless of the country manufacturer or caliber of ammunition accepted. So we're determining what a semi-automatic assault rifle or assault weapon is under the following definitions: a semi-automatic rifle with the capacity of a to uh, to accept a detachable magazine and any one of the following: a pistol grip, a forward grip, a folding telescoping or detachable stock, um, a grenade launcher, a barrel shroud, or a threaded barrel. A semi-automatic rifle that has a fixed magazine with the capacity to accept more than 10 rounds. Except for an attached tubular device designed to accept and capable of only operating with 22 caliber rimfire ammunition. So there's your assault rifle definition. Is anything that has a detached magazine with a pistol grip, a forward grip, or a folding telescoping uh, stock, grenade launcher, barrel shot, and a or a threaded barrel. And then you have... One that just has a fixed magazine with more than 10 rounds. And then we go to a semi-automatic pistol. This is all still under the assault weapons definition. A semi-automatic pistol that has the capacity to accept a detachable magazine and any one of the following. A threaded barrel. A second pistol grip. A barrel shroud. The capacity to accept a detachable magazine at some location outside of the pistol grip. Oh, there's your AR pistols. A semi-automatic version of an automatic firearm. I don't even know what that means. A manufactured weight of 50 ounces or more when unloaded. Again, there is your AR pistol. A stabilizing brace or similar component. Or a semi-automatic pistol with a fixed magazine that has the capacity to accept more than 10 rounds. Still going under the assault weapons definition. A semi-automatic shotgun that has any one of the following. A folding, telescoping, or detachable stock. A pistol grip. A fixed magazine with the capacity to accept more than 5 rounds. The ability to, to accept a detachable magazine. A forward grip. A grenade launcher. Any shotgun with a revolving cylinder. And then it lists a bunch of examples. Anybody following along? All of these would be illegal under the new assault weapons ban of 2019 should it become law. Now there are a couple of other things that I want to go over in this. But first I want to check in on some of the comments that we have let's see is this nationwide math uh mad acts yeah th these are federal laws that i'm going over uh register identify the location of location to be stored again it's ambiguous in minnesota and wisconsin i have never had to register any of my firearms i have handguns and rifles and shotguns well should that one bill become law that would require it for everybody um we obviously see where they're going. You are right, Robert. Absolutely. I'm retired Army and have an 
have an M4 and have never had to register it and have gone to police stations when moving and have been told not needed to register it. That's kind of interesting. I'm I'm pretty sure that if you have an M4 that has a fun switch on it, you still are required to get a tax stamp. Well, it better be a uh, pre-86. I'm just I'm just saying. Um, Taurus Judge. Yeah, that was... <laughs> okay, so now let me catch back up here. So I want to go back to this. There are a couple other lines that I want to highlight. Uh, page 16... Uh, line 23. Paragraph 1 shall not apply to the possession, sale, or transfer of any semi-automatic weapon otherwise possessed under lawfully possessed under federal law by the date of enactment. So if you have them now, they're fine, even if this goes into effect. You just can never transfer them ever again, and you can never buy any new ones. Page 17, line 12. Paragraph 1 shall not apply to the importation for manufacture for sale or transfer to or possession by the United States or a department or agency of the United States or a state or department agency or political subdivision, blah, 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 shall not apply to the government because the government can have them because, excuse me, uh, because the government is trained. Uh, okay, they had the training. FBI guy dancing, just saying. They have the training, and um, uh, the, 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 they are a morally superior entity. Once they become um, a government agent or a member of the government, okay, uh, they, are, they have transcended into a morally superior, uncorruptible, un, uh, a perfect being, if you will. They are the Prometheus, I guess, of the, the people that are in real life, okay? And my dogs are barking in the background, and I sincerely apologize for that. Um, <laughs> Michael says, this is totally BS. Absolutely it is. Don't worry, though. The government is here to protect you. Uh, okay. And then finally, page 18, line 10. The possession by an individual who is retired in good standing from service with law enforcement agency is not otherwise prohibited from receiving a firearm of a semi-automatic assault weapon. So, if you are retired law enforcement, guess what? You can own anything you want because you've had the training and you, you're a good guy. You can do whatever you want. So, it doesn't apply to the U.S. government. doesn't apply to state government. And it doesn't apply to anybody that's retired law enforcement because reasons. So now we're going to skip down to page 124. Line 14. Use of Byron grants for buyback programs for semi-automatic assault weapons and large capacity ammunition feeding devices. You know what this section does? Do you remember... Last week, when we talked with, or we uh, highlighted some of the Andrew Yang stuff, and how he said that there should be a perpetual buyback in effect. That's what that does. What that does is it is the federal government is now constantly going to be in the business of buying your firearms from you at the fraction of the price that you paid for them. Uh so, but you can't go and buy them. See. Before, people were going to buybacks and being like, hey, man, they're going to give you like 100 bucks for that. I'll give you 200 for it. I know it's like a $700 rifle, but I'll give you 200 bucks for it. And they'd make money on it. You know, they'd, they'd buy things on the cheap. And what 
Oh my god, my dogs need to stop barking. I'm sorry. I sincerely apologize, ladies and gentlemen. My dogs are usually really quiet, but apparently there is something outside that they need to bark at, and I'm hearing it in my monitors. It's driving me crazy. So, basically what this does is it's a perpetual buyback program that the uh, that the federal government is going to institute, and as a result, anybody who wants to get ripped off on their weapons will sell them to the government. Anyway, that is going to do it for me before my dogs get any more out of hand. Uh, and so I hope you enjoyed this episode. It's a little bit, uh, fun, a little bit funny. Uh, what is an assault rifle you're referring to? It is, uh, anything that was outlined in that, uh, in, in that bill, it was defined. Uh, so anyway, that is going to do it for me, folks. Uh, again, check out the Matter of Facts podcast and until next Sunday, arm yourself with knowledge and share the ammo.